Welcome back to Lovejoy. Actually, this is our second episode, which is very exciting. And uh, in this episode, we're looking at uh, the Axeman Cometh, which we were immediately happy with because it's basically a double pun. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a triple pun. Triple, because it's about a taxman who cometh, and, of course, it's a pun on the, the Iceman cometh, cometh, which none of us had ever it's watched a really famous or knew play. what it was. The radio time summary for this episode is as follows. An overzealous taxman sets out to snare Lovejoy, not to mention an axe-wielding jailbird determined to retrieve an ornate Arab headdress. Which just about sums it up, really, doesn't it? There's nothing in there about the stereotyping of several sections of yeah. Several sections of society. <laughs> they have missed out that part in the in the summary there. I think actually this is probably the most interesting thing about this episode. I've made so many notes this episode because you could not make this now. I don't think no. it could have been made. I don't even think 10 the, I don't think the actors, even the French so there was a French guy in it who I insisted for at least twenty minutes definitely wasn't French. And then we looked it, it up and, turned he, out that and he, he was. was. What this series did. <laughs> it did not sound French. It sounded he was like doing, a person he was who doing pretend to be French. This was like a lesson in how you indicate uh, certain types of characters. And it was so cliché. This was, bear in mind, around this time, it was the, the same period that a lower low was on and all of that, mm. all of that sort of thing. And it was very much in that genre. Um, we had this amazing French character. Uh, called uh, Vial. I still think Vial. someone called him Pierre at one point. Essentially Pierre Vial. Pierre, 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 Vial. Pierre Vial. Although Eric called him Mr Vial. Mr Vial. But, I enjoyed um, it. It was spelt vile, as in a vial of, you know, V-I-A-L. Uh, uh, how do you know it was spelled? Because oh, I looked it up. Dedication. Um, and um, he was, they had made him the most French character that they possibly could. At one point, he went to the supermarket and bought a baguette. He did. In, in Suffolk, and he talked about how much he liked garlic. And yeah. he threw in the odd French word just to make sure that you remembered that he was French. But and he that was the whole like, reason we thought he wasn't French. But he French. did things like, at one point, he said, uh, Would you like a cafe instead of a coffee? And you think, Why in TV do French people like throw in the odd, but they throw in words that the English audience will know? Or would you like like a cup of café. But he, yeah, he did enjoy his French food. He went to the shop to buy a gigot. He enjoyed his French... And some French... flageolet. Oh, Ellen, qu'est-ce que c'est un gigot? Un gigot, c'est un leg of lamb. Oh. Said leg of lamb turned out to be very important It's a useful plot. leg of lamb. Later on in the plot. We, right, we've but skipped to her. He also way. liked, he also liked using his, his French swear words. He said, merde, a lot in that very, very he French said, way. Um, um, he said, uh, uh, putain. At some point, which I'm assured means means whore. Does it mean? By the literally, it means whore. Sorry, French listeners. Sorry for French French <laughs> listeners. He said he French uses the word putain. And uh, I studied for a while in Quebec, and there is a dish in Quebec, very famous dish in Quebec called poutine. And um, I was showing off, or poutine, I was showing off to a French student of mine and she convulsed into giggles when I said I really liked poutine. And she told me that I had said poor as opposed to chips covered in gravy and cheese curds. Is that what so poutine is? It's poutine, mm. yeah, it's really nice. Gravy, it's chips, and chips and cheese. And gravy. It is like the most northern thing ever. I was going to say. Even though it's from it's delicious. Quebec. It is absolutely gorgeous. Okay, so let's anyway, go back we'll a step. On. Why did Lovejoy meet Monsieur Vial in the first place because he was trying to cheat him out of something because Lovejoy is a massive and cheat. In fact, that was, there were a few French words I think we wouldn't necessarily be expected to know because um, Vial did say, uh, I am not a tricheur, and tricheur moi, which means a cheater. There were a few oh, bits of okay. resident French yeah. expert here. There were bits of Francais in there, but yes, Lovejoy was trying to cheat. So it opened, up, it opened at an auction, as it always does. 
I've, I've learned over the two yeah. episodes that we've seen. Right, it's an auction. Right after he broke the fourth wall, he's there bidding by just doing that weird wink, that one eye. It Is didn't it open at the auction. It opened with him being chased down by a car mm. with a woman in it from the Inland Revenue. Uh, I give you, ladies and gentlemen, stereotype number two, the strong, independent businesswoman, complete with the very short hair. And <laughs> she had suit. very short hair, and She's quite she? tenacious. She follows him throughout the episode because she's trying to get ten grand back off him. And she works for the Inland Revenue, which I can't help feeling is not a good use of Inland Revenue funds. <laughs> Just chasing love around woman, Presumably from London, yeah. and paying for her fuel. As I'm guessing this is a company car where they're paying for the fuel, chasing him round and round Suffolk. <laughs> she did have a crap car, though. And she had a crap she car. A really good briefcase. I should say for our younger listeners that the NR Revenue is uh, the old speak for HMRC. Yeah. HMRC. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't, I didn't even realise yeah. they were two different. Um, anyway. So, so. so she's chased him down, cut to him at the auction where he's found some. Welsh dresser this time. Yeah. So last last month, Bible Box, this month. Welsh, Welsh dresser. dresser. Just realised when people are listening to this, it'll probably be we last year. Mm. Last, last week, week <laughs> Bible box. This week, Welsh dresser. And um, at the can we, can we just note as well that Charlie Gimbert doesn't say auction; he says auction. So I think you know if we can auction. Be able to just pronounce it Spell correctly. O C T I O N. Auction. Delighted so, to see Charlie Gimbert back mm. as the baddie at the auction. Although he's he wasn't a bad, he wasn't bad this time. I like time. Charlie. He's got a soft spot for Charlie Gimbert. Mm. His sister didn't show up. Though. And his cigar. No. Didn't care much no, about. There was not such a proliferation of scantily clad ladies in this episode. Maybe they thought they overdid it the first time. Mm, they did. And they needed yeah. to just rein it in a bit. The stereotype number two, the strong businesswoman, was slightly derailed at the end when she seemed to succumb to Lovejoy's advances. <laughs> and again, I don't think you would and have abandoned that now. her car in the relationship to a car with him. Mm. And he wasn't and, uh, even wearing his funky tracksuit, which we'll talk about a bit later on. <laughs> so he, so there's a dresser in a barn covered in. Um, he did say chicken shit, didn't he? Yeah. And it's bits of, of hay. It was more sweary than... So given that this used to go out at ten past seven on a Sunday evening. On the BBC. On the BBC. Um, and uh, so he swindled, Lovejoy swindled Monsieur Viel by Monsieur switching Viel. the stickers on the auction lots yeah. so that when Viel came to have a look at this uh, French dresser, he was like, what? That's a shit dresser. I don't want that. Don't want that's, that dresser. That's bollocks. I'm not and just buying any... I will not just buy any dresser. That's it pretty much what you say. It has to be a fantastic dresser. Would you like some cafe with your dresser? Be- bearing in mind, we are going to talk a lot about how offensive some stereotypes are. <laughs> We're just highlighting the stereotype. How easy it is for me. I just bought this baguette. We're just highlighting the stereotypical way in which he was... While looking at my dresser. Shall I stop talking now? (laughs) We... D'accord. So... Yeah, so Vial does not buy the dresser and he doesn't even, for some reason, notice the massive other dresser, which is right (laughs) next to him, even though it's a bit covered in hay. Um, And then he realises that uh, Lovejoy's... Been, does he? Did he realise? I can't remember. No, I don't think he ever really. He works it out at some point, maybe potentially, but not immediately. Because they seem to be great mates in the end, him and Vial. Oh, him yeah. and Vial. Because yeah. No, because he does with Vial what he does with every episode. There's a theme, even by episode two, that Lovejoy sort of drinks wine with people, and suddenly they're his best mates. I do, I 
suddenly understood Polly's intense love. desire for Lovejoy uh, later on when he was eating fried chicken oh, and drinking red wine. It's kind of hot. She was quite sexy at some point. There was also some bizarre product placement. The chicken has reminded me that you never see on the BBC, and I didn't think they were allowed to do this on the BBC, that uh, they were eating... They were, I was very concerned. They were eating Kentucky fried chicken. There it was so unusual. We had to, we had to look up. We a look at the box, and we looked up when uh, KFC first opened in the UK. It was 1965. And we didn't have to look it up, because it turns out Helen's mum used to eat it yeah. all the time. After she went clubbing in the 70s, she would go into oh. KFC on her way home, because it was this? open till 2am in Manchester. Oh, well, Manchester. Manchester. Forward thinking. Exactly. Anyway, back to the episode. So, hang on. He's been at the auction. He's he's bought his Welsh dresser for literally a knockdown price. Eric's pissed off because Eric, my boyfriend, is a very honest man. And he's... Oh, what? Did you write something down about this? No, I just... We learnt an interesting fact about Eric this episode, which is that he's not... Lovejoy's employee, as I, I wrote that as, as I, well. yeah, his, is his, that his, his, his dad apprentice. is paying, but his dad is paying Lovejoy. Like it's a sort of apprentice. university education mm. in the days before university Sorry fees. To interrupt yeah. your... In the days before fees, though. Is Eric still living with his mum and dad? Maybe. Oh. I think Aww. he's younger than we think he is, Yeah, though. I think he's quite hey, He's an, uh, clearly an actor in his 30s playing like a 20 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, you were going to say um, something about Eric. Yeah, well, Eric was very honest, and Lovejoy was like, come on, get that dresser out of here, and he was like, I'm not going to be your getaway driver. But then he, he was. He was. Of course he was. Because his dad's paying, paying. Lovejoy to... Um, so then they get it back to their gaff, and they start doing it up, and... Oh! They open the drawer. We've missed a big bit. In the meantime... <laughs> we meet a, we meet a new character, potentially stereotype number three. What do you mean potentially? He is he a is, complete okay, stereotype. He is stereotype number three, and this is a gentleman who has recently uh, been at Her Majesty's pleasure, <laughs> but has been released uh, good behavior. with an axe, apparently. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he picked he up his axe happen. on the way out of prison. No, he, I think he Oh, went, you kept my axe for me during I, my incarceration. When, when I'll have my axe back now, please. No, he went to the barn to get his dresser, because it was his dresser. Yeah. It was his. And he found it, it had gone. And it had gone. And it's I think he got the axe. The auction. Yeah. I think that's where he got the axe from. Mm. What did he, When he came out of prison, he threw something up in the air. Did yeah, it's like he threw something in the air in anger, as though he somehow magically knew. Mm. That his dress had been sold. I don't really know what that mm. was about. And his name was Catesby. Mm. So obviously, he goes on his merry way to go and find the dresser thing. But meanwhile, Eric's uh, tarted up the dresser. But what's he found in the drawer? An Arab headdress, apparently. <laughs> Which is meant to be a thing of beauty, but it's not really It's that a bit beautiful. sort of tarnished. But it does lead yeah. us very neatly to, I don't even know which one we're on now, a stereotype number four. Oh. oh which is possibly the, is worst, the, worst the worst one. one of the lot. It was really surprising. I think we haven't realised. Like, you don't realise that these stereotypes have like soaked into culture. And this the is mo- the culture we was, grew up in. This was the most anti-Semitic episode. But um, the, the next character that you meet is a guy called uh, Froble. That was it, Froble. Uh, he turns out, should I spoil it for the listeners? We find out eventually his name is actually Bert. Um, I know. I think that's. I think we can. We can clue them in. So you've you've had thirty two years to watch it. <laughs> Lovejoy is told uh, to take it to this guy called Froble, who is quote uh, buying gold and silver in the market, and it turns out that this gentleman is posing as 
because I don't believe it. He's posing as a Jewish gentleman called Froebel, complete with the hat and the beard and the oh, most and the big awful coat. and the big coat and the most awful accent I have ever heard. I mean, it was it was it was proper, Ron Moody circa nineteen sixty. It was yeah. It was very it was very Fagin and uh, not in a good way. I mean, no, Fagin in a good way. I, I think it's actually worse that he turned out not to be an actual Jew because that was actually like. Like he was really putting, mocking, yeah. yeah. The whole... it, I mean, we when he came on, when the character originally came on, we went <sighs> the intake of breath in the living room. And then was when we, intense. and then when we found out at the end that he he has a disappointingly Cockney accent at the end. <laughs> I happen to like his which Cockney which accent, I'm just happened saying. to like. I thought it was attractive. It was some, something <laughs> something of a letdown. Um, but he had he put on this sort of generic East European non-specific yeah and again he sprinkled his um his speech with various like yiddish terms i mean i'm not so familiar with them so i can't tell you exactly what they were but definitely there were some words in there that were meant to be yiddish words his name was bert wasn't it in the end um who did all the stereotypical things you may have wished him to do such as taking off a gold coin and weighing it and then checking it was actually gold. But for some reason, they were in the gents. Stroking the gold coin with an element of love. Yes, in the toilet. Because that is where these types of transactions And then he wanted to take... uh, Lovejoy was trying to... Lovejoy was trying to get him to sell it, but he wouldn't let him take it away to sell it. And at this point, I got confused and just turned back to my wine. Yeah, I think you. Uh, I at this point we were all like, "This isn't like last time." Where's all the pretty ladies with tattoos on their buttocks? The other thing I did notice, talking about not very pretty ladies, um, or not very pretty people. In fact, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, so <laughs> the in. guy who's just the guy who's just escaped, or or no, just been let out of prison with his axe. Um, his name was Catesby, and he. Sure. Hang on, how did Lovejoy get to? So the IRS? No, that's American. Yeah, in London, in London, 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 HMRC. Uh, he goes off, so he he just he decamps. Sh- to, he just ships out. He to decamps London. to Viles or Viales <gasps> yacht in London. Yeah, although when Eric He's gives the address, yacht he in London. says Cheney Walk. Yeah. Now there are lots of nice flats on Cheney Walk. I mean, there could be houseboats down there. It was definitely like a houseboat. It's in it? Chelsea. Yeah. Um, SW10. Which there must be houseboats. Yeah. There's actually a little marina. And my favourite bit of Lovejoy decamping to London was that he let Eric stay in his house and Eric was just drinking beer out of like a 17th century goblet and at smoking which point, a fat old cigar. At which point, tenacious tax lady turns up again. Oh, they didn't give her name, did they? Or did they? No, oh, she well, doesn't need a name. She's she doesn't a need a name. She's a powerful... T- tenacious tax lady. She's a powerful independent woman, so I'm going to call her TTL. TTL. So TTL turns up at the house um, where he is uh, having it large. Eric is Eric. having it large. And he's quite sweaty as well. He's speaking of cigar. And he's got like a sleeveless top on. Anyway, that's by the by. He's um, looking dreamy. And he refuses to tell her where Lovejoy is, very sensibly, mm-hmm. because why would you? Uh, but then Catesby turns up with a massive friggin' axe. That's shouting. not a euphemism. He actually he's turns up with an actual axe. axe. An actual massive axe shouting quite a lot and that's when Eric 
shout, "Season Cheney Walk," which put my, I, felt a bit I let think it didn't he give him a postcode. Yes, yeah, so he gave him a postcode. It's W ten. So he goes right, and then what he does is what any self-respecting potential axe murderer would do, and he hitchhikes to London with his axe. It was the nineteen eighties. That happened quite a lot. But safety first, he wrapped it up in brown paper. Yeah, he did. wouldn't want to hurt anybody with the blade. <laughs> yeah, disguised, very thinly disguised, an axe-shaped as package, <laughs> clambered into the back of a wagon. But I'm, and um, Eric decides to warn Lovejoy of this impending. Which is a little bit late. I mean, he has to he's trying to re- tinker. That's the only... Like, he literally goes to Tinker to say, oh, my God, this is happening, what do we do? Something along the lines of, oh, shit, I just gave his address to an axe murderer, what do I do? And they said, well, we'll go to a telephone box, because in 1986, nobody had their own telephone. Yeah, and he Uh, only couldn't text him. No. No. Now you just send a text saying, axe murderer. But... The whole confusion wouldn't have happened. What I did like about the fact that there wasn't a text to be sent is that that meant we got to see Vial's Mickey Mouse phone ringing (laughs) on his houseboat. Um... And that, yeah, that was, was able to warn him through that. So I think that was quite good. And of course, oh, Eric Mickey shouted. Le souris. Yeah. Le Mickey Le Souris. Mickey Le Souris. <laughs> C'est mignon. Uh, <laughs> so Eric, Eric shout. Does that mean it's cute? It's cute. <laughs> Oh, I love French. I wish I could. I can't, I like I can't do it. Because he had very sophisticated, like, everything was very sophisticated. Like, I am French. Look at my lovely bottles of wine and my antiques because I'm a French antique. I like dealer. garlic. I have a uh, baguette. And then he that had this is not Mickey, a euphemism. And then he had this Mickey Mouse phone. I just loved it. It, it was completely it was, incongruous. Um, it was incongruous. The actor himself was from Toulouse, we discovered. Yes. So he was and he had French. nothing he to actually... lose by being in this episode. Oh, my God. God on earth. Anyway. <laughs> Eric bellows down the phone that the Axeman is coming, or maybe Tinker did, I can't remember. Uh, and Lovejoy, of course, naturally hears that as the taxman is coming, which he knows about, and he's like, chilli beans, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Well, no, it's going to ask her out for lunch. It's and be fine. incidentally, they are fine for quite a while, because he must be in the slowest truck known to man. <laughs> yeah. Ambling his way. Because they're only in Suffolk, it's not that as far learned, away. It's 58 miles to London. It's 58 miles, because he said it helpfully on the if sign. If you go from Suffolk to London... If you came in to... Uh, it's sort of above Cambridge. Sorry. Um, anyway, we don't know exactly the route that um, the Axeman's okay, truck took. So there's Lavenham. So what you'd do is you would... Oh, we looking at it Lavenham. You'd probably come in via Chelmsford and then go through Ilford, East London. So you could do but, almost direct to Chelmsford. To be fair, we don't I don't know. think that Anyway, we don't know coming on where the truck, going there. We don't know where the truck was going. The truck could have been going to, like, you know, I Dover. think the truck... Yeah, probably was. Oh, probably no, going probably to the coast. Was. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> it, although he could have got there quicker, I don't think the truck would have gone to Cheney Walk. Anyway, so he would have had to navigate the tube by himself. He got on the tube. He'd been in axe. prison for five years. He probably didn't have any money. No, he's got to get on the tube with his axe. He probably had to. Anyway. He probably got. He tried to get on the tube, and they stopped him. So then he had to. Basically, walk. you can tell why he was ultra <laughs> pissed off. By the time he actually got there, he was even more angry than when he set out. Probably because he'd been. Marching across London with his axe for two days. We forgot the whole bit where Lovejoy tried to convince Lady Jane to well, sell his Arab I, hat. It did come back to me when we were talking about sexy ladies in the last episode. But so before he goes to London, he tries to convince Lady Jane to go to London with him and we sell saw, the hat. And she's like, "What the hell? Not yeah, the, selling the your Arab nicked headdress. Your clearly nicked hat." But then he kiss. He prop. He doesn't properly kiss her. I take it back. And he, he keeps saying, like, "Oh, what's the point of having a husband if he's never here?" I'm saying it was it's disappointingly very... lacking in Lady Jane. This yeah, episode. I think I like she had her. A a mere cameo of a role mm. in this episode. Where, where but their their relationship has like there's obviously been a lot of stuff going on unseen. So from the last episode, suddenly they're like practically having an affair. 
before, like last episode, he like splashed her with some water. Oh, and they had wine in the attic. They had wine in the attic. And now he, now she's selling him, and now no, she's and, and trying he, to sell his nicked hat. He, he appeared in front of her husband as a magistrate. Oh um, yeah, I forgot about and that. And now they're like practically, you know, getting on. So I suppose now we need to get to the um, again the most awful comment that he made. So the the axe man basically. Uh, uh, breaks in, doesn't he? Or he mm. appears, and Vial oh, shuts the shuts oh. the wooden door. The bit that was awful, actually. The bit that was awful to me before that. They they realise they get back to the boat after buying baguettes, of course. And she go and flageolet and rosemary and garlic, and they 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 buy a big leg of lamb to 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 eat to cook. Oh, They're going to yeah. cook this big leg of lamb with some thyme. He's going to sprinkle some thyme on it. Mm. He, oh, likes, that his, he really likes his nice. cooking. He likes his cooking because he's, he's French, French and he's French. every stereotype and he's already slated the English. Yeah, because the English do not like to eat well. To their be fair, Lovejoy was eating Kentucky Fried Chicken out of a box. Their lack of culinary prowess. But when they get back to the boat, they see that the window has been smashed, so there's obviously some kind of interloper. Now, this is... this, this <laughs> interloper. interloper. This, this to me, was this was the worst, one of the worst moments, because Lovejoy goes in with his leg of lamb as a kind of impromptu weapon, Gosh. hits the guy over the head... Unmasks him, realizes that this is uh, whatever his name was, Bert, Bert Froebel, who wasn't called Froebel, and says, Oh, count yourself lucky it wasn't a leg of pork. <gasps> Which oh, was I forgot about and that. all of us went, Oh, <laughs> collective gasp. Oh, yeah, it was a bit near the knuckle, wasn't it? It, it was really. And uh, then they tied him up with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> they tied him up with a vacuum cleaner. And I said, what? Why are they doing that? And one of you two went, Well, they haven't got any of the string. Why? Why? Of course you have string on a fucking houseboat. You must have rope and chisel. Why have I written muff pistol? Ah, the muff pistol. That should be our antique of the week. A muff pistol. No, Vial. Vial. Oh, that's when Vial was rude about the Germans. Oh yeah. Lovejoy said, "Do you have a gun?" And he went, "I'm not German." As if we haven't squeezed in enough. Stereotypism into this episode. Well, we we haven't. We've only done you know a few nationalities. We haven't. Uh, I'm just going to look up muff pistol, and which means don't I, don't I Google muff say, pistol. Can I say, for my search did. history now is going to be. Uh, it's just like a little. I think it's like a little pistol that ladies would keep in their muff. Do you know what the first record? <laughs> the first. The first record is in Urban Dictionary, and I don't think I should don't, click on that. No, don't, don't click it. on that, mate. No, no, no. Unless it says what 17th century ladies kept in their muff. I've got some. I've got some pictures. No, <laughs> I don't think it's the same sort of muff. No, probably no, no, not. A muff, as in you know, the where you put your hands. The thing where you no. Put your hands. <laughs> to keep You're not making it any better. When you're skating on the Thames, there's a thing here. During the frost, frost a there's one actually for sale here. Uh, uh, one thousand nine hundred and fifty pound. Call Debbie. It is a a nineteenth century Belgian small muff pistol. Oh, I think they were quite small. Could you have to fit it in your accessories? Forty-one caliber. Well, that's how big your muff is. Obviously, and the the grip is made of ebony. Oh, I think so this one was pearl. Nice. It, it was pearl, was pearl. It? So there you go. I think that's our antique of the week. And there's a very nice little box. Oh, what is a little box? Antique of the week. I quite like that. Mm, antique like of the week. That. Is that, that's very beautiful. It's a muff pistol, a muff pistol uh, in a velvet box. Um, yeah, so anyway. Vial does have a weapon. It's the muff pistol. Um, so they've they've tied up Bert. Poor old Bert. 
Um, even though he was trying Not to nick old bird. the hat. They pretend that he is Lovejoy because the Axeman is obviously searching so for So the Axeman tears through... It was quite cute when Vial was like, oh shit, there's an Axeman, and then locked his louvre doors. <laughs> so yeah. that would stop him getting in. He's got an axe, mate. Um, so, yeah. In he, in he came. But the Axeman was... was um, perturbed by the muff pistols basically muff pistol just went no he well that was weird because i thought i'd be quite perturbed by a pistol but what actually damaged him no but i was really confused because so vial and lovejoy when catesby breaks in say that's lovejoy there the tied up guy who can't speak because they've also um and he goes no i'm bert i mean frobel i mean bert no he ah." he doesn't he goes because they've put a big scarf in his mouth makes me feel weird Um, so yeah so the Axeman thinks and then they try and convince Catesby that um, they are somehow awaiting a hitman to kill Lovejoy quote marks a black guy called Ezra oh yeah a black guy called Ezra another Another stereotype because we've hired a hitman and he's black (laughs) and we'll call him something biblical we'll call him Ezra Oh, that's right. So then, Lovejoy sort of has does this standoff thing with the pistol, and I thought that Catesby knew that the pistol couldn't hurt him because he was sort of laughing and like, "Go on then, go on then, shoot it out." So when he why when he fired the pistol, but then then he ran off. Catesby ran off. This didn't have the same depth of emotions as the first episode. It didn't. There was no dead man on a beach in the first episode. There was quite there was quite a lot of tenderness. There was quite a lot of lust. There was buttocks. This one, there was sort of humour and (laughs) humour and what the uh, titles at the cinema would call mild peril. Humour and mild yeah. and stereotypes. And a lot of casual racism. I wonder if it it when it was first made, if it was meant if it was like the like a light relief, like here's our funny one. But it's just not funny to us because it's a bit pathetic because that's not funny. Like there wasn't giving people funny accents isn't funny. Either. There was not enough of yeah. it. It was far it wasn't as impersonal. It would be interesting to see who wrote this. Was it the same person who wrote the last one? It was, it was not a friend, eh? Of course them it was. Uh, and they, he doesn't write like in a writer's room, does he? It's just no, him. No, 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 no. It was just him, but it, it, it was... I, I felt that this was disappointing. I know, because I used to watch them obsessively, what's coming up, and this will not be ranked among my favourite mm. episodes. Not in any mm. way. Mainly because of but you'll have to wait. racism. So you'll have to wait till series three or four I was... before we get onto my favourite episodes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I was surprised excited. how quickly it was over. Like, yeah. at the end I was like, what? what's happened? Because then, so Bert... It was a bit of a rush, though, what at the ha- end. What happened? It was Catesby? all very complicated. Catesby ran off in a panic because the muff pistol had gone off. Yeah. Even though it seemed like he hadn't been even, scared of it. Even though he still had an axe. I finally realised that Catesby had actually nicked the Arab hat and it wasn't his because the whole way through I'd felt quite sorry for but him. he was a criminal. But he had gone to prison for burglary and GBH, they'd said, but I'd just cottoned onto the GBH bit and left um, the burglary bit. Yeah. Because what happens at the end, so while they're tying up Bert Froebel... And while the Catesby runs off, Bert Froebel lets slip about a reward, and it turns out he's discovered that there's a reward out for this Arab headdress. Because it was nicked all along. Because it was nicked from Lord so-and-so. Yeah, who noticeably is not Arab. No. So why has Lord frickin' yeah. so-and-so got it? Not he his, nicked it, it he, in he the nicked it olden days. Well, yeah. um, Not so him, they, probably his great-great-great-granddad. So they get the reward, and then Lovejoy's driving back to 
Suffolk. So hang on, to be fair, we with didn't his... see Lord such and such. No, we so didn't. he could have been He could have, yeah. We didn't know where he was from. But probably wasn't he, he was probably from Devon. Loved when he was driving back to town back to Suffolk. With his haul of Harrods, <gasps> Fortnum and Mason. Fortnum oh, Mason. Yes, there was a Selfridges bag in there. Right? There is again, though, so, so he could have made product you. placement. How that was a really good shortcut to. He spent his ten grand. I do grand quite, like, I do quite like the diversity grand. of the brands, though. I just say you've got KFC, KFC. at one end and Fortnum and Masons at the other. It, it aspires to be watched by a wide audience across the mm. social spectrum. The, the more I think about it, the more I just want to KFC. So he's been he's bringing his haul back down to Lavenham. Some Thank you, I've learned. You have. He lives in Suffolk. Lavenham in Suffolk. So who should be chasing him down in his car with oh, his yes. so haul? With his haul. Of course, it's TTL, which I've now forgotten what it stood for. Tenacious Tax. Tenacious. Oh, no, there you go. Um, she stops him. She's like, "What the hell are you doing? There's my tax money that you've spent in Fortnum and Mason." And sunglasses and a car. And then he goes, "I'll buy you lunch or something." Perhaps we could discuss it over lunch. And she literally runs. She she abandons her the car, car, leaves her own car. Quite a shit car, but I mean, you know. And also at that point, I felt a bit for Lady Jane, but then I realised probably what he's doing is taking Tenacious Tax Lady to a pub where Lady Jane will be like mm. just chilling with her husband and she'll Alexander. be like, oh, Alexander, what? Because mm. I believe in romance and that's how that Basically, works. Basically, <laughs> we ended on a moment of gentle misogyny. So. We did. We just did. Uh, the theme of this episode, which was very much stereotyping and... Mm. Now unacceptable. Polly, uh, do you know what we've got to look forward to next time? It's got to be better than this one. I mean, I've got to agree. Yeah. Really How much are we rating? Like very long series. So if we, what, the next one is called the Sting. The Sting. I knew it was something the to do Sting. With getting people. So out of ten, what are we giving this one? Oh, I mean three. Yeah, two or three. This well, I'm one, giving right? it a five they just for the better. bit where Eric was dancing in his sleep. They get song. better. It, it's was it because Eric was sweaty by yes. Eric. Dancing with his, did he have a no? Did he have a pipe? Did he have a cigar? Yeah, cigar. cigar. Dancing with his cigar. Uh, his clearly filched cigar. Is that a word? Yes, yeah. wrong way I said it. It all improves if you want to stick with us, audience. It all improves when we get to series two after the five-year hiatus, and Lovejoy has changed his hair and he's sporting that beautiful mullet. It, it improves hugely. Yeah. So antique of the week, muff pistol. Muff pistol. Yeah, everybody, every every girl should have one. <laughs> Do 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 do. do, 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 do.